throughout your Christian journey, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. Wherever you may serve and however difficult it may be, you are not in it by yourself. Hey, this is the Not Alone podcast from the SBC of Virginia, bringing you real-time help and encouragement for your ministry. The goal of the SBC of Virginia is to let you know that no matter what you're doing for the kingdom, you are not alone. My name is Chris Weigel. We're continuing our series from the SBCV annual homecoming that was held this past November in Roanoke, Virginia. Pastor and teacher H.B. Charles Jr. from Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, gave a sermon to the audience titled, The Lord is With You. This first part of his sermon focused on the Trinity and God's grace. If you'd get your copy of God's Word, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our all-sufficient prophet, priest, and king. We ask in his name that you would cause our worship to go higher as you deepen our understanding of your word. Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things from your word. And as the seed of the word is planted and watered, we Look to you alone for the increase and reserve for you the highest praise and full credit for the fruit that shall come from this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 13, I would like to steal the theme to title my message tonight, The Lord is with you. From the final verse, the final statement of the Apostle Paul in his second letter, to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 reads, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The Lord is with you. As a young man sat on his stoop, he saw a beautiful young lady walk by and he took his shot. He asked her name, asked where she was going. She was headed to the corner store. He asked, could he accompany her? She thanked him, but said, that won't be necessary. I have someone who is walking with me. He was still sitting there when she returned. Now he is offended because he watched her come and go and never saw anyone join her. He said, out of the kindness of my heart to make your day. I offered to walk with you. You turned me down saying someone would walk with you, but I never saw anyone join you. She says, indeed, but rest assured, wherever you see me, there's someone walking with me. That's the blessed assurance I want to lift from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The verse is a benediction a prayerful announcement of divine blessing. Most of Paul's letters end with some sort of benediction, but 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 is the most beautifully stated, theologically rich, and comprehensively spiritually beautiful benediction in all of the Scriptures. This benediction often simply called the grace, is arguably one of the most quoted 
verses in the Bible. Pastors and congregations use this verse as a benediction to end their gatherings all around the world. It is best known and most beloved of the biblical benedictions, the biblical blessings, because it is the only one that so explicitly affirms each member of the Godhead. The Bible teaches that God is one in essence and three in person, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-essential, co-equal, and co-eternal. No, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the truth is all over the Bible. And the Bible doesn't debate the truth of the Trinity, it simply affirms it. This is what we find in this benediction. This affirmation of the triunity of God is not a theological or theoretical abstraction. It is a declaration of the truth of the nature of God that is essential for us to know God, to love God, and to serve God. This verse affirms the Trinity, but it is not about the Trinity. Look at the verse again. The verse does not ask the members of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit, to be with the saints. It asks that the blessings of the Godhead, grace, love, and fellowship, be with the saints. This is an interesting way to end this particular book. 2 Corinthians is the most biographical letter of Paul in the New Testament. The church was in conflict. Would-be leaders in that church attacked Paul's character and credentials. He writes this letter to defend himself and to address the controversy head on. And he ends this most personal letter not with a statement about himself, not in a statement about the church. He points the saints to God, saying, if, if you will, if I never reach Corinth again, the grace of the Lord Jesus is with you. The love of God the Father is with you. The sweet communion of the Holy Spirit is with you. I contend tonight, this is what our churches need more than anything else. Of this verse, Warren Worsby wrote that the church is a miracle, and it can only be sustained by the miracle ministry of God. No amount of human skill or talent or programs can make the church what it ought to be. Only God can do that. And that's the good news of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, that I want to lift for you tonight that I hope will be a, a word of encouragement to wherever you are assigned to serve. The good news is you can face the future with confidence that the abiding blessings of the living God are yours wherever you serve. 
This Trinitarian blessing gives a triple assurance that every one of us who are in Christ Jesus can fully enjoy. It first says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. Paul wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, half of the New Testament. These books end with benedictions, and these benedictions all point one way or another to divine grace. It's interesting. Paul is known for the doctrine of justification by faith alone, but I submit to you tonight, friends, that the key word of Paul's theology is actually grace, not faith. Justification is by faith alone because it is by grace alone. This is how God saves sinners. The word grace is God's unmerited favor, His undeserved kindness, His unconditional love. And it is best demonstrated in his salvation of sinners. God is holy and we are not. We will answer to God for how we have lived our lives. We have no virtue or goodness or merit to win God's approval. Salvation cannot be bought or earned or won. Our only hope is the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that none of us when we are saved have anything to boast or brag about. God gets all the glory. Salvation is all of grace, that it may be all of God that it might be all to his glory. But here, in this closing verse of 2 Corinthians, Paul makes it clear that grace doesn't end at conversion. Throughout your Christian journey, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. Wherever you may serve and however difficult it may be, you are not in it by yourself. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. What is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul will state it earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, where he says, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. This is the humiliation of the Lord Jesus Christ that He joyfully suffered for the sake of our salvation. He became poor so that we might become rich. He came to earth so that through His finished work at the cross, we might go to heaven. He became the Son of Man so that we could become the children of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 declares the Lord's completed grace that saves us. But 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 declares God's continued grace that sustains us. We need 
not only grace to save us, we need grace to sustain us. And this is the assurance of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. R. Kent Hughes rightly said that the picture of His grace remains tipped and tottering over each of us, waiting to pour upon us fresh showers of His divine love. This is how we are sustained. This is how we are sanctified. This is how we are strengthened. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is ours now, today, and forever. John Calvin, speaking of this verse, simply said that grace here refers to the whole blessing of redemption. Think about that. All that God has granted us in Christ can be summarized in this glorious word, grace. St. Corinthians affirms this grace of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 says we should bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. If you are in Christ Jesus, friend, you are already blessed. Well, let me pause and ask, are you in Christ? You are in church, but you are far from God. I want to plead with you tonight to run to the cross. Confess your sins. Throw yourself on the mercy of God. And put your trust in the bloody cross and the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, where alone you will find free forgiveness, new life, and eternal hope. If you are in Christ tonight, no matter how heavy the burdens you carry, no matter how difficult the ministry you serve, no matter how large the obstacles you face, I want to challenge you tonight to rejoice in the midst of it all. Go home to your place of assignment with hope and joy and confidence because the blessings of God's grace are yours in Christ Jesus. We are not sustained by any merit of our own. It is nothing that we do. It is all that He does for us. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, friends, is sufficient grace because of the source of the grace. It is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not by accident that in this reference to grace, Paul uses this full term for Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses this full title to affirm that the one that gives grace to sustain you is the one who is totally sufficient for everything that you may need. Lord affirms the deity of Jesus. Jesus affirms the humanity of the Savior. Christ affirms the sovereignty of the Savior. He alone is everything that you need today and tomorrow. And so I'm talking to some weary servant tonight who limped in here with a thorn in the flesh. You have prayed about it like Paul, 
The thorn has not been removed, but can I give you the assurance that the Lord gave Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfected in your weakness. Be encouraged tonight. You are not alone. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. I'm not, but I could sit down right there. <laughs> it's as if Pastor H.B. delivered this message specifically for this podcast. You are not alone. God's grace is sufficient, but there's more. When we come back, God's love and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit on the Not Alone podcast. One of the ways we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ is investing in the next generation. That's why NextGen exists through the SBC of Virginia. Through dynamic resources, events, and opportunities, your youth group is not alone. From leadership training to discipleship, you have the resources at your fingertips to lead the next generation well. Learn more by visiting our website, sbcv.org slash nextgen. There are so many resources available to your church through the SBCV website. At sbcv.org, you can find tutorial, promo, and highlight videos, promotional graphics of new resources and upcoming events to fit your screens and bulletins, and encouraging and challenging biblical content to help make disciples. You are not alone in ministry, and sbcv.org is there for you anytime you need it. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is enough. But amazingly, it's not all. He says, not only is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ with you, secondly, the love of God is with you. As I mentioned, verse 14 is not a formal statement of the doctrine of the Trinity. It is an appeal for the blessings of the Godhead to be with the saints of God. And this is why there's a sense in which the text seems out of order as the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned before the love of God. Paul here is describing the ministry of the Godhead to us in experiential terms. You receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and then you experience the love of God the Father. The Father is the fountainhead of love. That love is with you. And that's such good news tonight, friends, because God's love is perfect. God's love is perfect. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, Paul says, Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Verse 11 closes with a promise. Verse 14 is not a promise, it's a fact. He says the love of God is with you. God's love is perfect. 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. God personifies love in a real sense. If it has anything to do with God, it has everything to do with love. You call it mercy, it's God's forgiving love. Grace, it's God's undeserved love. Peace, 
is God's comforting love. You call it the will of God, it is His overseeing love. You call it providence, it's God's caring love. You call it Calvary, it's God's proven love. You call it sanctification, it's God's nurturing love. You call it heaven, it's God's rewarding love. You call it eternity, it is God's unending love. If it has to do with God, it has to do with love. The sinner sees God as a God of law, and in his sin, he hates God. But the transforming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ changes our perspective so that we might see that God is a God of love. Oh, friend, do not question God's love because of how you feel. Do not discount God's love because of how things look. Do not judge God's love because of how people treat you. God has already proven His love at the cross. Romans chapter 5, verses 7 and 8 says, Scarcely would someone die for a righteous person, though maybe perchance someone would dare give their life for a righteous man. But God so commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this sense, God's love is unconditional. It is broad enough to sweep in everyone who believes, the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is long enough to last forever. It is high enough to get us to heaven. And it is low enough to reach sinners and pick them up and turn their lives around. God's love is perfect and God's love is permanent. You don't need me to tell you tonight, do you? People can change their minds about you. Those who love you today can change their minds tomorrow. Not so with God. God's love never changes. I thought I'd have a witness there. I'm glad I brought my own just in case. In Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, Jeremiah, in the midst of his lamentations, sings, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His compassions never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is thy faithfulness. Steadfast love is loyal love. God's love is loyal. It means nothing you do will ever cause God to love you less, and nothing you can do will make God love you more. And we are the beneficiaries tonight, wherever we find ourselves, whatever's going on in our ministries, whatever challenges we face, we are beneficiaries of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father. So friend, tonight, do not be haunted by your past mistakes. Do not be troubled by your present circumstances. Do not be worried about tomorrow's possibilities. The love of God is with you. Amen. Romans chapter 8, 
verses 38 through 39, calls the roll. Neither height, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. And I, at some point, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, just stopped the list and says, and nothing else in all creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It is said on one occasion, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was taking a long country walk with a friend. They passed by a barn, and on the top of the barn was a weather vane. And the weather vane had a sign on it that said, God is love, that spanned around. And Spurgeon thought it was an inappropriate place for such a sign. He says, God's love is constant. The weather vane turns with the wind. Spurgeon's friend said, Charles, I think you misunderstand the message of the sign. The sign is meant to say whatever direction the wind blows, God is love. That's the good news I want to share with you tonight for his. Whatever direction the wind blows, God is love. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. The love of God is with you. That's enough. But it's not all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is the shy member of the Trinity. Jesus says in John 15, 28, he will testify or bear witness of me. John 16, 14, he will glorify me. When the Holy Spirit works, he's always pointing to Jesus. The Holy Spirit exalts the name of the Son and advances the will of the Father, and yet the Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father and the Son. And here we are affirmed that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is personally involved for your blessing and benefit. What is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? It is, first of all, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he, not an it. He is a person, not a power, not a force. And this person is God, the third member of the Godhead. And both the personality and the deity of the Holy Spirit is affirmed in this verse in the fact that he fellowships with us. We have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says, and not only this, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance, character, and character, hope. Romans 5, verse 5, and hope never disappoints us because the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. 1 John 1 and 3 speaks of the believer having fellowship with the Father and the Son. Here, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, we also have fellowship with the Spirit. The Godhead is with us. The Son has graced us by becoming one of us, entering history to be our Savior. The Father has loved us by giving us His only begotten Son to pay for our sins at the cross. And the Holy Spirit fellowships with us as He takes up complete 
and permanent residence in our hearts. Oh, friends, do you get the magnitude of this? Where is God tonight? He is everywhere. He is with us. But the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes further to say that He is not just with us, He is in us. God is within us. What a glorious truth. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Like the fish is in the water and the water is in the fish. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Like the bird is in the air and the air is in the bird. I am in Christ and He is in me. We don't benefit tonight merely, friends, from divine omnipotence. We benefit from divine eminence. He is with you. And so we have fellowship with the Spirit, but finally, we have fellowship through the Spirit. Paul writes to this church that is sinful, troubled, and divided. And he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with this sinful church. The love of God is with this troubled church. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with this divided church. Paul wrote into controversy. He was the center of the controversy. He is being attacked. He writes really to defend his character and his credibility. But there's a sense in which this final verse really says all that needs to be said about Paul. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, with all of you. Do you get it? Not just those of you who are on my side. There are those of you in that church that are making trouble for me. But the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the love of God be with you all. It is a reminder of the relational nature of true Christianity. Really, the heart of our authenticity as ministers is seen not in, in what we do in our private studies, but how we treat people. Go back and read the entirety of the letter and be reminded that this text is telling us that pastoral ministry is not easy. Church planning is not easy. Missionary work is not easy. One thing to have to deal with the devil, but Paul says you got to hear deal with people too. <laughs> but listen to the character of the apostle. Things were so bad that he's writing this because he may never be able to visit this church again that meant so much to him. But his final word is that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the love of God be with you all. Go home. Bless those, even those who curse you. Love those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully mistreat you and know that you are not in it by yourself. A little boy declared himself a big boy. And he told his mom, I'm, I'm a big enough boy that I can walk to school by myself now. She said, son, you, you're not ready yet to walk to school 
by myself. He insisted he was a big boy. He was old enough to walk to school. In fact, he even started negotiating. He said, Mom, I know that you pay that girl a quarter to walk me to school. If you let me walk by you myself, I'll only charge you a dime. You can keep the rest. <laughs> he kept persisting, and Mom finally let him walk to school without the girl. And one day in the family get-together, he's boasting and bragging of what a big boy he is, that he's walking to school by himself. And I guess he bragged a little too much and mama couldn't take it. And she said in front of the whole family, I don't mean to bust your bubble, son, but the truth is you've never walked to school by yourself. Every morning when you walk out the door, mama waits for you to get a house or so down. And I follow you all the way to school till I see you safely get in the door. And then when three o'clock comes, mom was waiting across the street and I trail you all the way home every day to make sure you arrive home safely. And I want to say that to you tonight, friends, no matter how things may look, you have never walked by yourself and you will never walk by yourself. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit is with you. When I was a boy in my daddy's church, they would sing, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sins, breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of the master saying, still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave you, never to leave you alone. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for its truth, its wisdom, its authority, its efficiency, and its blessings. I pray tonight for those who are tempted to be weary and well-doing. I pray for those tonight, your, your children, your servants, who feel burdened by the challenges of life, the difficulties of family, the labor of ministry. Thank you that a fellowship like this gives mutual encouragement. But tonight, may we look beyond one another and look to you with trust, with submission, and with hope that you who have called us is faithful and you will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. You are our refuge and strength. You are a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we have no reason to fear as we make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that you have commanded us. Thank you that we can do so with the assurance that you are with us always to the end of the age. We trust you. We obey you. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. This message from pastor and teacher H.B. Charles Jr. could not be more appropriate for those who serve day in and day out in their church. There are times when ministry is discouraging and sometimes seemingly hopeless. But Pastor H.B. reminds us that the Holy Spirit is personally involved in your ministry. 
Our prayer is that while you serve, you will know the grace, love, and fellowship of God. Before we go, I want to remind you that the Not Alone podcast is a production of Innovative Faith Resources. If your ministry is considering new digital media options, well, you're definitely not alone. Innovative Faith Resources is here to walk you through those tough technological challenges. To find out more, visit sbcv.org. Again, that's sbcv.org. These resources will help disciple, encourage, strengthen, and challenge you and your church family to live daily for Jesus Christ. The Not Alone Podcast is a media outreach of the Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia.